Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wine, Women, and Words. I'm Michelle, and with me, of course, is Diana. Hello. And uh, fair warning, this may be a uh, an eventful Wine, Women, and Words episode because this is happening right now, and that is happening. Or <laughs> what's happening? So it, it might be a uh, very interesting episode. <laughs> full disclosure. Full disclosure. <laughs> so this month we just announced it on Instagram and a, a couple of days ago on Twitter and our newsletter. Um, our book of the month this month is The Paris Secret by Karen Swan. And in honor of that, Diana and I have decided that we are going to share Paris stories and favorite Paris books. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk a little bit about why we ended up choosing this book, because I got the book um, first um, from the people at HarperCollins. So thank you, HarperCollins, for providing us with this book. And I read the, um, the back, and I thought it was just really interesting. And I was like, this is something that combines my love of historical fiction with Michelle's love of mysteries. Um, and basically the premise is when high powered fine art agent Flora Sykes is called in to assess objet d'art in, in a Paris apartment that has been abandoned since World War II, she is skeptical at first until she discovers that the, the treasure trove of paintings is a myriad and priceless. The powerful Vermeil family to whom they belong is eager to learn more and asks Flora to asks Flora to trace the history of each painting. Despite a shocking announcement that has left her whole family reeling, Flora finds herself thrown into the glamorous world of the Vermeils, but she soon realizes there is more to this project than first appears. And I'm sorry, this is just so cool. Um, it sounds exactly like something Michelle and I would read. And I was like, okay, we gotta read this for the show. It really does, and the fact that I mean, anything about uh, a hidden cache of missing art from World War II is like, I didn't even really need to read the rest of the mm -hmm. synopsis on the back to know that I wanted to read it. I picked, um, I picked a puzzle. You picked a puzzle, good job. Um, but what I wanted to point out, that this book has probably the one of the best dedications I've seen in a while. It's for Auntie Flora, the original and best bad influence. Oh, I want to meet Auntie Flora now. Who's Auntie Flora and why it why is she so awesome? Like I feel like there's there are stories there. There it sounds like there are and I think when we have Karen on the show, um we are going to have to ask her about Auntie Flora um cuz that is important information now. <laughs> Yeah, it's exciting because we get to put another pin in the Wine, Women, and Words map, which is just exciting. We're gonna we have to have a map for the show. I was just gonna say maybe we have to buy a map. Oh, I don't want. Oh yes, you want to eat a cookie? Eat the cookie that your son is giving you. For those of you who are only listening and not watching, Landon is being doing a wonderful job of sharing as he tries to stuff a cookie in his mother's mouth. Yep. Which normally I totally except happily but not while i'm trying to have a conversation <laughs> i'm sure our listeners will appreciate that because there's nothing more annoying than a sound of chewing 
Yeah, chew softly, please. <laughs> hi, Lily. Can you say hi? Hi. Yeah. And what puzzle did you pick out? Ponies. Ponies. Oh, that is so awesome. I have the puzzle, Papa and the mom, Elsa. That, oh, Elsa. That one sounds my fantastic. I love it. We have little co-hosts, Mini Wine Women Awards co-hosts. Hi, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. So, anyways, as we were saying, we have to have a map for Wine Women Awards because we are an international family now. Uh, um, in London. So, we are going to be doing a special episode on April 29th, which is a Sunday. Uh, that's when we're going to do our live episode. And, of course, we'll have it available for all you guys who listen um, shortly thereafter. But that means we've got England now. We've got New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And, and then Kaylin from a few weeks ago, she was in Mexico for the interview. So I feel like that counts. <laughs> Wherever they are physically for the interview, that is where where the pin goes. I, I agree with you on that, and I think we're going to be able to travel the world once over. I think that's going to have to be a goal of ours, is to get an author for um, every single country. Okay. New bucket list item. That's Oh, no cracker for me. Thank you. You eat it. <laughs> I love these wonderful sound effects that we're getting. I don't even need to add anything in. I'm sharing his cracker with you. Oh, well, thank you, Landon. No, that is such a So anyway, so since the the book is set in Paris this month, um, Diana actually just recently went to Paris and selfishly did not take me with her. I did not. Though I did send you a postcard like you requested. Yes. And <laughs> Months after the fact, but still. And I love the in the picture that you took for our book this month, the little bottle of the Eiffel Tower. Which oh. I got at the Eiffel Tower. What's in it? Whiskey. Nice. Yes. Um, because who knew that in France, whiskey was actually a thing? Um, that's got whiskey in it. And then we got whiskey from Lorraine, um, which is really, really good. And, um, yeah, I just picture France being all about the wine. But, no, they have a really good uh, whiskey selection. Interesting. Um, yeah, I so know. I think I'm, I might be able to pull Ryan back into the whole uh, French uh, fold because I feel like I didn't have enough time in Paris. You I never know. have enough time in Paris. No, I don't think you can. I think you need to go at least two or three times to be able to have enough time in Paris. I got there. I was supposed to have – I wanted to have two full days in Paris, and I ended up with a day and a half really when it came down to it because between all of the travel that just kept cutting mm -hmm. into our time. Um, so I really didn't have enough time in Paris and it's a beautiful city. And for somebody who loves history, it was just like, I was in love within minutes. We walked from our hotel to the Musée d'Orsay. I refused to take the underground because it was a beautiful Sunday morning for Paris. And I'm like, the shops are just opening. People are just starting to set about their day. We're going for a walk. People are going to shout bonjour from their windows, and I'm going right. to start singing. 
Right? I had this, I, I thought for a moment, you know, it could be just like, you know, Belle. Um, and it was funny. We made it made about two blocks and Ryan turned to me and he was like, you're in love with the city, aren't you? And I was like, yes. How can I not be? The juxtaposition of the old and the new and the beauty and the art and the literary scene. <sighs> love it. Love everything about it. Oh, and I thought of a couple more books that go with our Paris uh, theme. I, I know I've read more, and I'm mm -hmm. trying to think. My Paris is one, and you're going to be like, oh, my God, why didn't I think of that? Because Probably. we read it for the show, or you read it for the show. I'm intrigued now. It's one of our favorite people from Julie. one of our favorite generations. Julie? Uh, <laughs> yes, Julie Rose <laughs> is one of our favorite people, but... It is not her book. Her book does not take place in Paris. So I, think I, they didn't, say, I, don't, I didn't think it did, but maybe no, I'm no, wrong. They ended up in Northern France. Z. Oh, well, done. <laughs> I told you. Yeah. Um, that one, they actually, you know, it covers the time that um, Zelda and Scott were in Paris. That's right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mine is not, it's, it's not firing on all cylinders. Um, I was going to say, um, you are doing a great job with your puzzle. Um, my parents experience was kind of heartbreaking. If like overall, I was maybe 14 years old. So let's, let's travel back in time to 14 years old. That's late nineties, like 99, I think. Mm -hmm. Maybe 99, which whatever year Princess Diana died, that's when 98. Okay. Cause we were in Paris the night that she died uh, in Paris. Oh my so, gosh. But we didn't find out about it until we got home the next day. Um, but anyway, so we're in Paris. I am, so I'm 14 and if you remember pop culture back in the late nineties, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was huge. <clears throat> no clue why I associated Buffy the Vampire Slayer with Paris, but my entire life's mission while I was in Paris was I wanted to buy a pair of black pants and a sparkly purple top because that is the outfit that Buffy wore in one of the episodes that I liked. <laughs> and that was an, no clue why I decided that Paris would be the city that I had to buy that outfit in. I could buy it at home, <clears throat> but no. And um, and we, we we were living in Switzerland at the time, which is why we were taking the train home. Um, but home? so oh, not this train, a long a train a long time ago, Lily. Yeah. Um. So, but we did, you know, we did the Louvre and we did. Not, not, uh, the, not the train that um, with the scenes in both, right? No, not that train. Okay. Um, we did the Louvre and I'm, I'm sure we did everything else, but really the only thing that I really remember was wanting to buy that outfit. Mm. And now, you know, 20 years later, I really hate that I wasted all that time looking for a stupid outfit when I was surrounded by all that art. Well, you and you were 14 and you were dumb. 14 year olds mm -hmm. are dumb. Um, it's the hormones. They, they create this temporary insanity. 
So you really can't blame yourself for that because, I mean, you were trying to get the outfit from Buffy. And I can understand that and appreciate that. And you're in the fashion, one of the fashion capital of capitals of the world trying to get an outfit. So, I mean, it's not that bad. It's pretty bad. But <laughs> I, mean, it, I guess it could have been worse. I did find my my black pants and sparkly purple top. I will be happy to report. Oh, good. At least you found that oh. because it's Paris. Paris has everything. And if they don't have it, then really it's not worth having. I mean, hell, they even have a Disneyland. <laughs> have you did you have you ever been to that one i never went to the paris no, no. my family likes to go there because my sister lives in france right now and um my parents plan on going to the disneyland paris and given the short time period that we had in paris i didn't want to go because i want to see everything else there is in paris it's my first time in paris i wanted to see paris i didn't want right. to go to disneyland paris um but one of the other things that one of the things that Ryan has is we're in LA. We've got Disneyland. He's like, why do I want to go to Disney World? Why do I don't want to go to Disney Paris? Why do I want to go to Disney Shanghai or whatever? Um, because I've got Disneyland here. So he's one of those where you have to really, really, really talk him into going. Um, but Disney Paris is almost the exact same as Disneyland in California. From what I understand. That's where when Rich deployed two years ago, his first stop was Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. And he, he messaged me or he texted me or emailed me or something as soon as they had service. And I said, so what are you going to do today? Are you going to do something cultural? Are you going to eat some crazy food? I'm going to Disneyland. We're going to Disneyland. <laughs> going to Disneyland. Proper response. <laughs> Um, the one major difference, though, that my sister and brother-in-law were talking about between Disney, the other Disneylands and this Di Disney Paris is that Disney Paris, the castle is pink. And the oh. reason why they, yeah, and the reason why the castle is pink is actually a really practical reason. Um, it's cloudy and overcast in Paris a lot. And so they want the castle to be able to stand out against the clouds. So they painted it pink so you could see it. That's smart. Otherwise, it wouldn't show up in pictures. Exactly. As well. it's a Disney. But they're going to put in a Marvel land. Like this whole really? like Marvel Studios park there. Yeah. So I'm like, I feel like I've got unfinished business in Paris. It's one of the two places in the world that I want to travel back to. The other place is Peru, by the way. And <laughs> I want to spend a significant amount of time in Paris itself. I want to go to Versailles. I want, if we're there for a long time, I want to spend a day at Disney, in Disneyland there. What the hell? It sounds like it could be fun. Um, so yeah, I want to see more Paris. And, but I have to say though, when I was in Paris, our primary goal was to see all of the stuff from the last generation in the 1920s because that's my favorite time period. And I would be, feel like a miss if I missed out on that stuff. I feel like our mission, like our overall mission, was to eat as much bread and cheese as possible because we definitely did oh, that. That was a total given. I wanted to eat so much food. I just, I, you'd have to roll me on and off the plane, basically. Um, that's how much I plan on eating and drinking. I, I told my sister, I was like, I just want to coast through my trip on a river of wine and cheese. Which so we beautiful. It. It, was, it was a beautiful journey um, on both wine and cheese. But 
Um, we went to Musée d'Orsay because it has all the Impressionists, all the people from the 1920s that I love. So, so you're with your people. Huh? You were with your people. I was with my people. I was with my Impressionists. I was with Monet. I was with uh, Renoir, like stuff that you'll see in here. I think there is, uh, yeah, Renoir, uh, as she searches the province of their prize, uh, Renoir, she uncovers a scandal surrounding the painting. This is going to be so much fun in the book, bringing back the Paris secret. Um, but yeah, when we were there, I uh, traced, I got to eat at, because, um, you know, eating is important. Um, I got to eat where uh, Hemingway ate, and then people from the 19th and Scott and uh, Zelda ate. So I got to go to uh, Le Dumago. We had uh, breakfast there one day, and then we had dinner at Cafe Fleur. Um, we had a really nice late night dinner and I was, I, I'm sitting inside Cafe Floor and I'm like looking around on the inside and it's got like this really great like art deco kind of vibe inside and I'm just like sitting in there looking around trying to picture what like picture people from the lost generation sitting in there trying to picture Scott and Zelda have partying in the restaurant, um, Hemingway in a little corner trying to write um yeah uh Picasso in there trying to pick up women um though Hemingway if he wasn't writing was probably trying to pick up women too so you know so much imagination I was loving every minute of it I want to do something like that I don't I don't know when we'll make it to Paris but we might be making it to Italy next year maybe well, depending on wedding plans yeah. for mm. other people I was gonna say, are you finally gonna get stationed there? Because that is on my list for places for you to get stationed. I got both of their bodies. Good job. Good job, Lily. Um, I the uh, pre-approved spots uh, on my list are um, England. If there is a, is there a navy base in England? I know there's an air force base. Oh, I don't know. We have friends, I just, who were stationed in England, in England, but I wasn't sure what branch of the military he was in, so he must not have been in the Navy. Mm -hmm. All right, so England's out. I am okay with Italy. Mm -hmm. and I'm okay with you going to Italy as well? Portugal, or not, not Portugal, Spain? Spain. Ooh, Spain. Uh, Ryan actually was in Spain at the base in Spain. Um, their um, plane had maintenance problems. And yeah, air quotes, air heavy quotes. on the air quotes. Yes, heavy on the air quotes. So they had to pull uh, pull over in Spain and they spent the afternoon while they were waiting for these repairs to happen, uh, drinking beer at a cafe um, by the beach. Oh darn, and the part had to be ordered in specially. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm okay with Italy and Spain. And I don't really, I mean, and besides Japan, I don't know what other international ports we have. I would be totally cool with you going to Japan solely because I want us to drive around in the Mario go-karts. <laughs> I've I seen had, videos of people doing that. I've had three people, three friends who have gone to Tokyo within the last um, year, really, actually six months. And two out of three of the three did it. And one person was uh, taking video of other people doing it. Um, so we need, you need to be stationed there so that we can go and do this. Well, the good news is everyone, I'm part of a few Facebook, uh, military spouse groups 
like for the area. And there was one post about going to Japan because they were getting stationed there. And every single person who commented on it was like, I would go back in a heartbeat. I would drop everything and go back there if, if we could. Mm. So that's a good sign. Well, it's a good sign. And the kids are young now, so you don't have to worry about them going to school and dealing with them, uprooting them and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I I would prefer not if if that was an option, but it's not always an option. So oh, well, I'm rooting. I'm rooting for Japan. So uh, don't tell my mom that. Huh? Don't tell my mom that. The only problem is if you go to another country, we're gonna have to really, really work those time zones for us. Because I mean, time zones are tricky as it is when we have guests from different time zones. Um, oh my gosh, sending a text back and forth today. It was like, okay, we need a time. We got the day, now we need a time. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, okay, so Karen is eight hours ahead of me in LA. Uh, so that's what, six hours ahead of you. So if we do, and I was just like, I can't, I can't think of the math. I don't, I pretty much screwed up Heather Webb's um, appearance. So I was like, Michelle, you figured out the math on this one. Um, yeah, so she was like, okay, 8 a.m., 11, or no, 9 a.m. LA time, uh, which was 11 a.m. time, time, 5 p.m. London time. Yep. So I warn you guys now, I may or may not be hungover when we do that episode. Um, I'm just warning you, I may have raccoon eyes and be drinking um, mimosas or Bloody Marys or something because... Because, yeah, that, the day before is Ryan's 40th birthday party. So I'm going to be up late. So she may still be partying. Mm-hmm. I may just not. I may just uh, keep drinking. Just to keep, right? Just, just keep it going. We should try to make it a mimosa party, though. A brunch. Oh, Why yeah. Women words brunch. Ooh, and I happen to have a bottle of champagne for that giveaway that I just won. So I'll just save you know that. No. I can get a bottle of champagne. <laughs> <laughs> Guys! Yes, this is the plan. Look at how easy that was. Over in England, so. Um, yeah, that'll be fun. So we're supposed to also talk about um, other books for Paris. And oh, we have a fight breaking out over here nice. with crying. So you, you go first. <laughs> okay. Well, I've got to hold this because actually on creating her story, um, we I did a post just after France, uh, my book trip, my book prep list for a trip to France. Because before I went, for months before I went, everything I read had to be all about France. Um, so here are a few of my favorites. Um, if you're a big history buff and classic literature, I recommend A Movable Feast especially if you're going to go because it kind of gives you insight into the whole 1920s scene there. And then after reading that, um, read the Paris wife. In fact, if you're going to read the Paris wife, check out a movable feast. You can actually, I actually listened to it on audible, which is really great. I love picking up my classics from audible. Um, and then after that, read the Paris wife, which also gives Hemingway's wife's perspective afterwards. And that was a really great book, especially because I was able to, I picked it up just before I went. So it covered their life just before the pair, uh, they went to Paris. And then I was finishing it up just as we were leaving Paris. So I was just as sad as she was to leave Paris, leave France in general. 
um, the Alice Network. Though it doesn't necessarily take place in Paris, it takes place in France. Fantastic book. I highly recommend. And um, one of my personal favorites is The Little Paris Bookshop, which uh, Jean Prendu, he owns, I think, I, am I have mentioned this book? I have that book. I just haven't read it yet. Oh, my God. It is such a beautiful book. Uh, Jean Prendu owns a literary apothecary and is a person who has own emotions. And he and this reclusive writer and an Italian cook take off on this adventure from Paris, uh, going down to the south of France, uh, so that they they can each face their um, their ghosts, basically. Jean literally has a ghost of his past lover. Um, the writer has to face his own fears. And the cook is this love-starved Italian man um, in search of a woman that he lost. Um, and then, of course, there's... Um, Heather Webb, our own very wine women awards family member. She, <laughs> I love the little head bob, Michelle. Um, she, uh, she was on the show. If you remember correctly, we talked about uh, the Phantom's Apprentice, which another book set in Paris, and she co-wrote the Last Christmas in Paris, and that is a great book as well. Um, and then I think and Mademoiselle Chanel, which I mean history of Coco Chanel. Obviously that has to be on the list. Yes, I think those are the most notable ones on the list for me. Um, all really wonderful, wonderful books. Well, mine, so the big one for me um, that's set in Paris and the first one that came to mind was The Da Vinci Code. And I know that book is kind of like one of those like hot button books. You either love it or you hate it. Um, but I loved it, and that book that book was actually the book that got me super interested in art history, and um, I got like hardcore into researching some of the history that was in the book, like highlighting and post-it notes, and I have this gorgeous illustrated version copy of The Da Vinci Code, and it's just covered in like tabs on the, the side that marks like historical passages and highlighted the parts that I needed to research and I completely just demolished that book. I don't know why I did that, but that means was, you loved it. That means that's, that's a mark of a very well-loved book. It is. It, it was definitely well-loved well and well-worn. But what I really want to do is, you know those tours, like you can go to New Zealand and do the Hobbit tour and you can go to uh, England and do the Harry Potter tour. I want to go to Paris and I want to do the Da Vinci Code tour because they definitely have that. I looked it up and it goes through all of the places in Paris and France that they go to in the book. They do that with the 1920s, the Lost Generation tour. Um, I looked into doing that. However, they don't take you to drink at the places that they have. That like, wow. like Floor um, or the uh, Le Du Margot. Yeah, you don't get to actually go drinking there. So I was like, okay, this is a total waste of money. Um, yeah. I'm not doing this. What's the point if you're not going to drink there? Right? Drinking right? played such a large role in their lives. 
Exactly, exactly. I mean, in Le Demago, I got to have brunch and watch people go about their day, like starting off their day in Paris. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> you know, some stuff you just can't get with a tour. I mean, tours are fine and everything, but I feel like tours, um, you miss out on a lot of the culture when you're there. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. I just want to do like... The, I want to go to the places, have the tour take me there so I can see them and then go back to the places that I want to like see more of. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then another book that I absolutely love that was one of my favorites what? Um, was, it's not actually set in Paris, but we'll overlook that. Um, I mean, not every book can be perfect. It is called um, The Labyrinth. Oh, sorry, cracker. Pit stop. Um, it's called The Labyrinth, and it's by Kate Moss. And it is, again, one of the um, Da Vinci Code-esque books. It, it flips back and forth between the past and the present. Um, a little more memory painter-ish also. I would throw a little memory painter in there. With, with the style of writing, but it was set in the uh, Long, Languedoc, Languedoc region, like Carcassonne and wherever the Cathars were when the Cathars existed, that region of France. And I'm probably, it's L-A-N-G-U-E-D-O-C. I'm, I'm, I'm probably butchering it. But it's, it's a, just the way that the author described it was beautiful. And the, the history there, I mean, they still have one of the, the abbeys or the um, uh, word is escaping my brain. Like the, not, not a fort, but something similar to a fort of these, this religious sect of people that were just completely stomped out. Um, there's still like the remains of it standing. And I really want to go see that because it's so cool. I mean, you know, it was a tragic event that happened, but it's a cool history thing. And I want to nerd out over history. I love the cool history stuff. I mean, here in California, one of my, my only gripe really about the state is that we tear down our history and just build right on top of it. Unless it's something that has to do with Hollywood, um, we totally disregard our own history. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I loved about France in general was that there was so much history. We went to Alsace after Paris and it was just so gorgeous there. And you have these buildings that were around since like the 1700s. And then on top of that, you, you know, there's this whole ridge where there's just nothing but like castles. There's like 80 castles there from the 30 years war. And we made a side trip to a place that we weren't really um, familiar with. And it turned out that it was uh, it was this plateau and there was a castle there and they caused a whole heck of a lot of problems for Louis the 14th, the Sun King. And he got really pissed off at them for interfering because they decided they didn't want to be French, they wanted to stay German. And they caused a lot of problems for him when he was trying to conquer the region back for France. To the point where he was like, fine, screw these guys. He sends his whole military in to completely destroy the castle. 
like knocks it all down to the point where there's not even a stone left there and then leaves. And apparently um, when the castle was still standing, a guy that was born there and turns out to become a Pope. So in the 19th century, they built a cathedral there and it just had like the most amazing views of the Valley and stuff. But this was stuff that you don't, you don't see this stuff here. You don't see this history here. You get some more history on the East coast, but you don't really get it as much here on the West coast, which is unfortunate. We have more cracker eating over here. Oh, oh boy, cracker oh. eating. No, I, I agree. There's very little, I feel like there's very little history left on the, um, on the West coast. Like they don't, or in California, at least, I feel like they don't, uh preserve it as much as they should mm -hmm. yeah i mean especially i was really bummed out um there is a tiki bar if you guys follow me on instagram um there's a tiki bar that i'm quite fond of and the building itself has been around since the 1920s and they're tearing it down to build high-rise condos which I mean, yeah and it's so sad because we're losing this history and we have a really bad housing crisis out here in California, but at the same time, you know, these aren't houses that the common person is going to be able to Because that's where we're having the housing crisis. It's for middle income and low income people in general. And this isn't going to help them. This is going to be for some rich asshole who's going to come really? in and buy the property and only live in it for part of the time because uh, it's going to look out over the ocean it's just prime real estate so it's it's a really sad but it's also part of our culture from the very beginning um, where people will come out here and just reinvent themselves and they would just reinvent stuff here and within the state too so it's sad but it's also just a part of what we are yeah yeah i'm excited i've decided that i'm going to start exploring chicago's history and literary history and I found all these places that I want to go see. So once a month, I've determined once a month, I'm going to explore somewhere at least once a month. You should put that on your blog with your classic stuff. I know. I should. And actually post on your blog. I know. I should. <laughs> it's on the list. Everything's on the list. I need like four extra hours in the day. That'd be great. I hear you on that. Well, we have some very exciting things coming up for us this month. In addition to having Karen Swan on the show, um, we are going to have um, Holly Kamir is going to come back. She's going to talk about her book, King Kingston Court. And then we're going to have Sean Patrick. Can't pronounce his last name. Can't remember his last name, really. And now it starts with a T. But he wrote, um, he writes these really great, supernatural style historical fictions um so he's going to be on the show and that episode is going to be on a tuesday night as opposed to a thursday night so sean patrick be... traver thank you thank you i should be able to pronounce traver <laughs> it's definitely more pronounceable than my last name jovanazzo um so he's going to be on the show we're going to be on tuesday night and i think that actually works out better that if we're on tuesday night with him because Saturday I'm going to be live podcasting and blowing up our social media at the LA Book Festival. That's going to be so much fun. Oh my gosh, you're going to have to send me uh, questions for Christina since you've read the book and I haven't finished reading the book. Because um, it's in my very vast 
books I need to finish pile. Um, oh, I will amazing. send you questions. Yeah, and then uh, both she and um, oh uh, Bobby um, Goldstein are both going to be there. Oh, I will send you questions. You know, for maybe that. we could. Set, I wonder if we could set up the Facebook Live where you join in. I'm sure we could, because even Instagram do. Live, you can add someone to an Instagram Live thing. We should do that for Instagram Live so that you can ask them the questions directly, and we can do the thing okay. between the three of us. That would be awesome. We should. We'll, we'll experiment with that one day and see if it works. And then yeah, yeah let's experiment with that so that we can be prepared for, um, for the book festival. OK. Yeah, because basically, I'm going to be invading Black Chateau's booth and uh, bugging them and i'll be popping over to holly's booth at acorn publishing and bugging her over there and checking out the authors and taking just wild snapshots it's like coachella for those of you who have not been to the la book festival it's like coachella for book nerds <laughs> that's an excellent way to describe it it really is i mean there's just booths after booth of just book tables and then there's panels and then there's like big time speakers that are on these big panels like Brian Cranston spoke last year. Uh, Dave Kroll was at something. Um, he spoke with him and his mother did a thing together, which was really cute. His mother's really sweet. Oh, yeah. And Diana uh, Galbazon is going to be there this year. OMG. I know. I have to see who is going to be at the big Chicago Literary Festival. That's in June. Yeah, I, think it's, I think it's the weekend before my birthday. I, I can't remember. I have to double check. Yeah, it's around the time of your birthday. I know that because that was when we were when we were going to go to Chicago this year. That was one of the dates that I had planned. I know. Now, see here, guys, here's the thing. I was going to go to Chicago. I was going to visit Michelle and see Chicago. We're starting to plan this whole trip. The day before I go to buy my tickets, I get a message from my sister going, oh, you know how we postponed the wedding? Well, guess what? We're moving up to October of 2019. So we're, and the wedding's in Seattle. So I get to go to Seattle this year and I don't get to go to Chicago. But well, Seattle's really cool. I, I, I wanna go to Seattle one day. So you'll have to scout it out for me because- you know, and I don't mean to sound bitter about it because I love my sister, not just because she listens to this because I really, <laughs> really love my sister. Um, and yeah, I'm excited about the trip, but I was like, we have a plan. And for the trip that we're gonna do, we're going to go up north. Uh, we're gonna drive actually, because we wanna hit, um, we wanna go to the Oakland area. There's a tiki bar there, of course, that we wanna go to. Yes, and it's not that far from Mary Balmer, so I'm going to hit her up. Um, she's up there. Yeah, I'm going to be like, okay, Northern California Friends, which consists <laughs> of mostly all the, all the authors that we've had up here on the show. We're going to be at this location at this time. Come join us. Come out and play. Square. Yeah, you know, and if I time it well enough, I can be in San Jose for by lunch, and I might be able to do lunch with Julie. Julie Rose, one of our favorite people by the way. Um, and then we're going to go to Astoria, Oregon. For those of you who are not familiar with Astoria, Oregon, it is Goonies Mecca. <laughs> and we are going to go pay homage to one of our favorite movies. And then we're going to go up to Seattle and we're going to do the wedding and we're going to do um, the all the Seattle stuff and visit with some friends who just recently moved up there. So it's going to be a really fun trip. I'm excited about it. 
it will be fun and I will we'll be jealous. Yeah. Um, but we, and we'll, I'll, I still have like at least two more years here so we can postpone. Yes, you know, so maybe I can do 2019 in Chicago and then 2020 in New Zealand. And there you go. My 40th birthday with Scott. There you go. <laughs> See, this with thing, me. Yeah, this is a thing our friends who aren't, you know, out of state don't realize is that once you become part of the Wine Women and Women's family, we're like, okay, we're going to crash on your couch. We're going to come visit you. When we say family, we actually mean family in the we sense. We actually mean family, yeah. Scott doesn't realize it, but he's my adopted brother now. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with Scott, um, we have a couple episodes where he was on the show with us, and he wrote The Lemon Cully Life of Annie Astor. Um, so, yeah, he is now our adopted brother. Um, I will share him with Michelle. <laughs> if I don't only Michelle. Him. Yeah, only Michelle. Uh, I mean, we do have to share him with his husband, but, you know, sibling, and he's got biological siblings, so I mean, you know. But we're we're wine-related siblings. Yes, yes, exactly. So we're, we're adopted siblings. Um, so he's our adopted brother officially, so, you know. And I, on air, when he was complaining about friends not coming to visit him, I got it on air that it was okay for me to come and visit him. <laughs> <laughs> we will search through that interview and find the clip for confirmation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when the show was over, I was like, okay, I was serious. Are you serious about letting me come and come and visit you? Because I am serious. Because I'm coming now, so Yeah, we are gonna make plans. <laughs> Get on board. Yeah, that would be fun. I could turn I could turn 40 in New Zealand. Then you can come home and travel back in time and turn 40 all over again in no. the <laughs> no, I don't want to turn 40 all over again. Once is going to be fine for me. But then you get to be 30 again. Well, 39. I could be 30 again. I could kind of be 30 again, but I don't really want to be 30 again because I was really broke when I was 30. Yeah. I'm, well, we're not really broke. We're not rich. <laughs> well, you're, you're over 30 now. I am. Let's not talk about how over 30 I am. <laughs> No, let's talk about how over 30 you are because I'm talking about turning 40 soon. So we can talk about how over 30 you are. I remember when Diana turned 32. She... Oh my God, I panicked. I don't know why. I didn't panic about turning 30. And I feel like when people, when you turn 30, you're still in that in your 20s phase. I was going to say 1920s there, but you're still in your 20s phase. You're still in that very much, I've got a party until 2 o'clock in the morning phase, and I still, still am trying to figure out what the hell I'm going to do with my life phase. And everybody I know who's 30, they're broke. They're nowhere near what they wanted to do with their life. It wasn't until they were in their mid-30s where they're like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is when my life starts. Um, so, yeah, when I turned 30, I was okay. When I turned 32, I had a fucking meltdown. And I got a text message from Diana freaking out that she was 32. So I sent her the YouTube video because back then gifts were not a thing on text mm -hmm. messages. And it was the clip from when Harry met Sally when Sally is freaking out because her ex-fiance is getting married. Mm -hmm. And she goes, and I'm going to be 40. And Harry goes, when? And she goes, eventually. Soon. And he goes, in eight years, which was so appropriate 
but I vividly remember that. Mm -hmm. I'm about to turn, well, not about to, but in a couple months, I will be turning 33. And for some reason, 33 is freaking me out a little bit. You know, really 33? Yeah. I didn't realize you were that much younger than me. Like, I don't know why, but it's like now I'm like really in there. Like I am in my 30s. You are in your 30s. Yeah, you're like, um, yeah, you're, oh God, you're like four and a half years younger than me. Well, in my mind, like I told you, in my mind, none of us ages. Like Ryan has not aged in my mind mm -hmm. since I met you guys. In my you head, not so I mean I well I know I'm for sure not in my 20s because I cannot go out and drink and party like I did in my 20s good and god, then get up yeah. and go to work the next day good god yeah my my idea of I can't drink like I did when I was younger when I was in my mid early 30s late 20s because um, those hangovers get brutal with age oh I have the worst I mean, hangovers uh, a 33 or 32 hangover lasts days. Like, oh, you, God, honey, you're going to be in trouble when you're in your late 30s. When you get to my neck of the woods, you're going to be in so much trouble. I feel like, and I don't, I mean, I have like my glass of wine with the show every week, and that's basically the extent of my drinking these days. But like, even that is hard. It's hard to wake up the next morning. But if I, like go out like I'm going out this Saturday night I'm going to the Navy ball for the chief petty officers there may be alcohol involved and the next day I guarantee you I will feel like I fell down a flight of concrete stairs because my body hurts <laughs> well my body hurts right now but that's because I got my ass kicked in Zumba um, but for me yeah, the one glass is, I used to be able to finish off about two bottles of wine on my own, no problem. Yeah, I'm like, okay, at the one bottle, if I finish off, I can, I'm down to one bottle before I have a problem. Um, and for those of you who are thinking, you might have a problem for the fact that you can finish off one bottle on your own, you are right, but I don't go <laughs> to meetings because only alcoholics go to meetings and I am not an alcoholic. Yet. I have yet to admit that to myself. <laughs> well, I mean, you're a writer. Yeah, I am. And writers are supposed to drink a lot. That's just part of who we are. And I am too, but but I can't. I can't do it anymore. Not that I did it a lot when I was in my 20s. That's a lie. Um, I just thought of like when Rich and I first started dating. and There was definitely a lot of drinking involved. <laughs> But yes, there was. <laughs> but I just can't anymore. Like my one glass of wine, maybe if we're having like a super good episode, and maybe I'll have two when things get really crazy. Or when Deborah, um, Deborah comes on the show and makes okay. words of the episode. Yes, and we have the drinking game, word of the episode, drinking game. That that next morning was a rough morning for me. You too. Uh, I've had a few of those episodes. I have, the episode where I took down a bottle of wine. I was so proud. Huh? I was so proud. I know. Well, uh, that was also because of panic, because that was the time that we got banned from YouTube. Um, oh, yeah. So a lot of that was stress drinking. Like, oh, my yes. God, did we just ruin the show? 
Um, mind you guys, do not put hashtags in the descriptions. Yeah, hashtags, don't do it. Don't put it in the descriptions, no. Because apparently you get treated worse than Logan Paul. Um, <laughs> so not know hashtags had such power. Right? So yeah, I was stressed drinking that night and yeah, I woke up, massive hangover, got sick, rallied myself, rolled into work. Um, so that's when I was proud of myself. So the whole morning with like clients call, I was like, shh. <laughs> Don't think so loudly. <laughs> well, I think we are at our hour. Yeah, just about. And you were afraid we weren't going to have enough to talk about tonight. I am true. That, yeah, foolishness. I know. What was I thinking? I know. You and I get together. I mean, this is like our text in general. <laughs> yes, so there is no saying what topic we'll end up talking about. No, drinking, Paris. Which oh, kind God. of go hand in hand in, in this situation. Pretty much, yeah. I mean... Yeah, they, they, they can hold their own. But, um, but I have started reading this. I started reading it today. And I'm maybe, uh, like, maybe to the prologue and the, the beginning of the first chapter. So I'm very, very at the very beginning of it. But I'm very intrigued by what they found at the prologue. Because if you read the prologue and the very last sentence of the prologue, it says, so they, these guys, well, I mean, okay, I'm not going to tell you, but they find something and the last sentence of the prologue is quick. Let's get her out. Oh my Who's gosh. Her? I mean, I'm assuming it's not a, a person. I'm assuming it's not, well, a it's not a person, but I mean, there are scandals in this book. Um, so way to get us intrigued, Karen. Um, no, my work here is done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, guys, pick up your copy of the Paris secret, um, available wherever you get your books and read along with us. Um, send us in your questions. We will ask them to Karen when she comes on the show, when we have our literary brunch, I'm so excited. we're going to have a literary brunch, you know, next month's book of the month is also in Europe. <laughs> It's so cute. I'm sorry. Don't the mind the hand. All you saw was just this little hand. Just do the spider crawl up the cell. It was adorable. Kids are great when there's somebody else's. Um, so, um, yeah, we should maybe do a brunch next month, too. That should be something fun that we do. I could do that. Yeah, for our European authors. Because we should get more European authors. So for... People around the world. For our European and British authors, we will be Mimosa's Women in Words. This works for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys, keep reading. Um, be sure to sign up for our newsletter, um, exclusive content, because for those of you who are on the newsletter, you got to hear about the book first. And you get all the news first before everybody else does. This is true. All right. Well, good night, guys. Have a good night. Bye.